everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Drones Down Under podcast. Um, again, all four of us, which is fantastic. How are we, guys? Yeah, Absolutely good. freaking awesome. Thanks, Brendan. No, that's good. That's good. Look, I guess uh, for us, this episode might have been a little bit last minute, but we've penciled it in. We've committed to it. So we apologize if it's a bit of a not much, but we're going to make see what happens when we work on the fly a little bit. So um, the topic for today is really honing in and understanding the process around um, operating the drone or a UAV. Um, so we're going to break it down a little bit and see what happens. But um, I think we're probably going to focus more around, I guess, the um, dominator of the industry, which is DJI. So um, don't want to overcomplicate it with um, FPV or anything like that at the moment, I don't think. I think we'll just stick to DJI and using GPS and we'll talk about Addy mode and all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, stay locked in, stay tuned in. And um, if you're just listening or if you're on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe and um, leave some comments or questions that really helps us out to understand what you guys are really after. Um, we're getting some comments, which is fantastic and get some feedback. So keep it up and we really appreciate um, you guys sort of jumping in on, on everything. So yeah. So I think um, from where what we're looking at at the moment, I think maybe we can drill it down based off starting from scratch and understanding controller modes um, from that aspect. And maybe from all four of us, we can just go through what controller mode we fly. And there are different modes. I think it's one, two, three, I think four. Is there only four, Danny? Yeah, there's four as far as I'm as far as I know. Yeah, I think that. I think that's right. So I personally fly mode three, don't know why I tried it one day and it stuck. So, uh, I've been forever mode three, uh, and it just feels absolutely normal for me to be able to find that mode, but, uh, justifying this. I know yeah. <laughs> so for, the, for the people out there that don't know, Brendan flies in mode three, where most of us just fly in mode two. 99.9%. Yeah. Which is pretty much provided to everyone off the bat. That's what they're all, all pretty much set on. But Brendan's yeah. a little bit strange and likes to yeah. do it on mode three. So we like to give him a little bit of crap. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with flying in the other modes. It's just, it's like no. Holden versus Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just gotta you gotta understand it. I think it's worth trying them all out and seeing which one feels best for you. But yeah. at the same time, you gotta understand that ninety percent of the industry is going to be mode two. And if you're flying with someone else that flies mode two, and you hand your controller over and it's in mode three, you gotta you gotta really prepare that either change it before you hand it over or warn them, or at least they know that they need to check. Um, they so they definitely need to know. Yeah, if you don't check, you end up going bad with the drone. Yeah. Personal experience. Yeah. So what's the, um, so I guess it's something to be mindful of, right? If you're taking over someone's drone, just ask them what mode they're running on. If you're, if it's like a Brendan controller, you're probably going to be stuffed. So just remember that, Sean, when you have the jobs that come up with Brendan next. Yeah. 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 Wee! <laughs> <laughs> Why is and it then dang? Sean's on Dummy of the Week. Yay! <laughs> Easy content. We can say whatever we like about him then. Yeah, yeah that could be fun. But yeah, I can blame Brendan because he's the 0.5 that actually uses mode 3. So, yeah. I, but actually, the piloting, I honestly the don't know. To check. I don't, I'm true. trying to figure out. I'm actually just looking now to see what mode 3 is. And every time I Google mode 3, it comes up with Tesla stuff now. Um <laughs> 
So that, for the people yeah, listening at home, control. should we actually explain what the differences are? Like, you know, we're talking about mode one, two, three, and four. What is it? Well, I'm no help to you there because I have never used mode one, mode three, or mode four. Well, I, feel, I feel like Sean's about to explain it to us. <laughs> I feel like Sean yeah. might too. Yeah, no. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> probably explain you mode three brendan at least that way you have you yeah. have knowledge on that so just explain yeah. that for people so i guess when we're talking about controller modes it's it's what each stick is doing on your controller um it's not flicking between addy mode and gps and um sports mode it's actually the control controlling sticks of the um of your remote essentially so when i'm flying in mode three the normal way um, the left stick is um, the left stick is forward and backwards, um, and then left to right. So it will swing left to right. There you go, Danny. <laughs> if you're you watching, go, Danny. yeah, Danny's got a controller there. And then on the right stick, you've got up and down, so elevation um, going up and down, and then um, you're turning left and right. So I think that's classified as your. It's, your... A, it's completely opposite to mode two. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah. Yep. Just to throw a spanner in the works. Just to throw it, like literally complete opposite. At Does least we know what, act... what the difference is now. Yeah. Does anyone actually know what mode one and four do to the controller? So, um, I was looking it up, but I know mode one's kind of more set for, I know a lot more people I know that fly fixed wing planes. They okay. fly mode one because it just, the controls just work more fluidly. Okay. I can't quote, quote on that, and I've got no idea how because I don't fly fixed wing. But mm. most could of be just in, in, inverted controllers and stuff like that. I'd say. It's like when you're playing in between GTA and you just flip everything upside down. Yeah. I think, yeah. Mode one says that it is like it's like mode three. So your left stick is your forward and backwards, and then it just flips with your. Um, your and side side to side so your left stick still does your left and right so your and then the right stick now does the lateral movement of left and right uh, as well as going up and down so a little bit different don't know why they give you options um but yeah when this episode goes live we'll post maybe a few little pictures on the screen so everyone can see the differences found a few yeah. good photos as well Yep. There's, 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 there's no need to be cool. Just mode two. That's yep. all you need to know. <laughs> yeah. Just default to mode two. <laughs> if you've learned in simple. mode two, just stay in mode two. Stay Unless you want to be weird like Brendan. And then, there's yeah. no need to be unique. Uh, Maybe that's what it was. I was just going against everyone else's the norm. I was like, nah, fuck that. I'll be, I'm going to be indie and be different, you know? <laughs> right on. <laughs> Oh. So you mentioned before about these other flight modes, uh, yep. GPS, sports, and Addy. What's the difference there? And also throw in acro while we're at it. Oh, Jesus. Oh, acro. So I think maybe we can start with acro. Acro is, Wee. from my understanding, is basically whatever, whatever position. Yeah. Whatever <laughs> position you leave that drone in, it will stay. So it's not going to correct itself um, or self-level or whatever it is. And I'm 90% sure that's what um, FPV guys fly in. Yeah. most so, of them if you're not acro. learning acro is a good way of an old school way of saying it. it's manual mode so there's no sensors of any sort you let go of the sticks that drone will drop out of the sky mm. and it's the most it's where you get those cool cinematic movements that, that you know you're flying through like a bird like you know that everyone's doing on youtube these days yeah and it's yeah. great fun 
yeah and, and crashing going through windows and crashing yeah. into bricks so, and yeah, expensive and dangerous yeah it's fun yeah yeah it's just expensive and uh soul draining sometimes soul i think draining, yeah that's probably yeah good. and fun fun. And fun it's always fun as long as you're happy to repair and repair and spend more money and, and repair repair <laughs> 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 yeah um and then i guess the next step up from that would be addy mode so my understanding of addy mode is basically you're flying a drone without gps it will self-level it will hover in in whatever altitude you leave it at but it will drift as if there's a breath of wind or whatever it might be um it tries and does its best to stay there but if there's any other external factors influencing that drone it won't stay in its spot so you just basically got more control you're fighting a little bit more to hold it in 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 its position and that's very being being skilled in addy mode is always something a lot of people in my mind should be practicing because Mm -hmm. you're not always going to have gps or if say your drone decides to have a flyaway which doesn't really happen these days with with, you know gps um, drones but if you ever need to go into addy mode, it usually gives you back control of the drone where the GPS isn't dragging it off by itself. Mm. It's, it's your ultimate fail safe, really. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and it, it, you don't need to be able to fly in it all the time, but it's it's mm. definitely something that you should be capable, like you said, if you're in a bad situation, you can quickly switch to addy mode, pull yourself back to where you need to be, land or, or whatever you need to do. But it's it's definitely something that everyone should be able to do especially in emergencies. Yeah. And also your drone's got a bit faster in Addy mode as well when you really need those high-speed chases. Yeah. Which also leads into, I guess, the next mode would be... Sports mode. My favourite mode. I was going to say, Danny, before we go into that, um, maybe we talked about... No, no, when when he goes from Addy to GPS, Mm. just be aware that uh, it could could move really quickly once it realises what position... Yes. Um, so just yep. be very, because Addy doesn't, as has been pointed out, there's no GPS. If you switch it from Addy to a GPS mode, like sports or um, cinematic mode of some sort, then it's going to try and find location and it could just dart across. Yeah. So um, a good example of when that happened to me as well, which I'll kind of explain for the viewers, when I was flying in a small corridor of concrete and metal, I was flying in Addy mode. But once I got over that, the GP, it went back into GPS mode, grabbed the drone and launched, you know, full throttle in a different direction. Thankfully, I was able to bring it back. That's just because the GPS is different to where, you know, where I think in it actually In separate is. parts or just in, in single one? And single. <laughs> That's a win. That's a win. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so then going into into probably then into, into sports mode, um, I've, I've had some fun experiences in sports mode. Um, but basically, yeah, I like to explain it like Wii mode because it is, it really is. Um, again, I, I suggest people try it, but I'm aware to warning, take it into a really open area and, and be aware. Basically what it does is it switches off all the sensors on your drone it's got no, I guess, safety features on, and it is gives you the capability to go at full speed. So I think for Phantoms, I think it's around the 70-kilometer mode. Correct me if I'm wrong. 70-kilometer 70, 70 an hour. Yeah. And 
you may not think that sounds that fast, but that is very, very, very fast. And there's no friction um, like a road. It doesn't no. slow you down. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it, it is really cool, but again, it's just one of those things you need to be careful with what you're doing because all your sensors are off. So mm. if you come flying up to an object, which, <laughs> well, these guys have just seen me do, um, you're coming up to an object at full pelt and you do not pull up, you will hit it. There's nothing to stop you. There is no contingency there. So it, it does have its place, but it's, it's definitely something where you've got to be aware of your surroundings. Would you say if, you need to allow more time to actually stop the drone? 100%. 100%. You think, think of it almost... Like driving Most, a car, like, isn't it? It's yeah, like if you're if you're going quite fast and to slow down, you need it. You it's not like you can pull back on the throttle and it just goes. Oh, yeah, that'll do. That's that's mm. enough. Not when it's traveling at seventy k an hour. It yeah. needs room. So, yeah. hence my advice: if you want to test it, do it in a very open area. <laughs> yeah. For for anyone that's tested the DJI FPV drone, when you're flying that in sport mode, hit the panic button, which you know is meant to stop it on a dime. It stops on a dime. It's mental. It sounds like it's just going to break through itself, but it stops. Really? Like I wondered it. how well that worked. Way too well. Like I was scared. The noise it made when it stopped because it just it comes up and stops horizontally practically. Yeah. If you ever get a chance to do it, it's pretty nuts. Like just smack up oh. the small mode, full throttle and just hit that button. One day I'm buying one, Danny. One day. Mm-hmm. I haven't got there yet, but one day yeah. in the not too distant will- future, I will buy a FPV. DJI will sponsor us one day. One day. One day. I think. Yep. If you're listening out there, the powers of it, DJI. <laughs> Always looking for sponsors. Yeah, I think there's a requirement for four FPV drones. Yes, yeah, yeah, four FPVs. And yeah. they want to throw in a couple of, like, you know, Matrice 300s or something. <laughs> no, it's through the 300, straight to the six. Um, but anyway, getting sidetracked. With, with P1s, I think. P1s. Now yeah. we're getting sidetracked. That's, yeah. This is, this let's, actually, I like that. I, let's, let's do that. Let's make them do that. Let's make, um, <laughs> let's make them. Wishful thinking. Yeah. With the, uh, with the giant influence we have of this yes. podcast right now. It's, yeah. We appreciate all our listeners. You guys are absolutely amazing. Yeah. yeah. If you know maybe, someone, maybe help us just flood them, flood them with flood inquiries them. and just say, guys, them. the drones down under podcast boys need M300s with a P1 each. Doesn't Sean have yeah. three? Yeah. No. Man, <laughs> if he had three, I would tell him to send me one. <laughs> uh, dear. So I've think, been trying, I think trying to get approval of three, but no, I don't. Yeah, that's, that's a hard part. The gatekeeper says no. <laughs> Computer says no. <laughs> uh, so what what's an example of so obviously we've got GPS. I think most people will turn on the drone and everyone knows you're automatically in GPS mode. So obviously that holds you in place. You can sort of put the remote down, not have to worry about it almost. It'll sort of move within probably 50 centimeters of its of itself within its position. But with each mode that we've got, like maybe Danny, from your experience with creative and things like that, and you as well, Ty, what are some examples of why you would use Addy over sports or sports over GPS? What Do you guys have any examples? We use Addy mode quite a bit when we're, say, doing car chases and that because that way you're not relying on sensors. It depends on how you're flying, depends on the environment, what, what's around you. 
but say you're doing the Inspire, chuck a long lens on, put an Addy mode, you'll get a much more fluid shot, but also then there's a downside that you don't have as much control of the drone when you need to pull it up. But yeah. on the Inspires or say the Phantoms, you flick a switch and it's back in sports or, or GPS mode, but you just get a much more fluid shot that doesn't look like it's been held back, where GPS yeah, kind of does yeah. hold the drone back in my, in my mind. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, 100%, Danny, I'm with you there. I mean, for sports mode, I mean, I've actually never actually used it for something specifically creative. I think if, if it ever did get used, it would be used in something in a fairly fast-paced environment that had a lot of room to move. Mm. Um, the only worry. time, yeah, pretty much. Like, I, the only time that it did come into thought with the use, so I was, I was doing a car video of a friend's Malou Ute for him selling it, and um, we were playing. We were playing around with sport mode there a bit, but I chose not to use the footage because I liked it. Was a lot cleaner when he was a lot slower. So, um, but in that kind of purpose, that is a potential where you, where you could use sport mode. Otherwise, it's, it's it really is only for a good a good. Think of it like a drag car, good in a lot in a straight straight line down the guts you you know no interference. You'll get what you want from it. But. Coming to that coming to that first corner, you want to flick it back a mode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's 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 really good in a straight line. Let's, let's yeah. just put it that way. Yeah. So, Sean, would you ever use Addy mode for anything from an inspection point of view? Do you think? Um. Yeah, I think if we don't have a choice, like obviously there's certain areas where we you know we've gotten lots of um, concrete or mortar or. Um, um metals and you know you're probably getting um probably less than three satellites or four or five satellites which is you know could drop out at any point switch from gps to addy so you're better off i think in that case to just work off addy and um, as danny said if you practice those that that's the opportunity to practice you don't end up stressed at that point um, mm. when you do have to fly um, I think with us, we, we well, first I tend to usually go to a park, just put some witches hats down and just try and fly, you know, whether it's a, uh, you know, 50 meters apart. So I'm always trying to make sure I can actually do that. And every drone's different as we all know. So, yeah. and, um, just the sensitivity of the controls as well can change. So I, I th personally think it's, it's good to kind of, Put aside some time flying that because otherwise we become too reliant on gps if, if and, you do a figure eight addy mode you're set when it comes to dji drones <laughs> keep in yeah. mind too when, when you do your training for your rapl uh, for the listeners out there they will get you to fly in addy mode um i don't get you to fly for that long in addy mode but you do have to complete a series of flight tasks in my, addy whole, mode. my whole test was in addy mode yeah, <laughs> was it you're skilled <laughs> These, yeah. days, these days, to get to do the whole test in GPS on one Mavic, I'm like, what do you mean? You, 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 had, a, yeah. you had a T-shirt that said you fly Addy only, man. That's why they yeah, made yeah. you fly it. <laughs> I knew I should have worn my plain black T-shirt that day. T-shirt. I fly Addy mode, drones down under. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good marketing tools. Hey. But, but right, you, you, will, right <laughs> you will definitely be forced <laughs> to fly it when you do your RAPL. So. For all of you out there that are concerned that maybe this mode is a bit wild for some of you, um, you you won't have a choice. <laughs> you have to have a crack yeah. at it. Not, it's I'm telling you bad. right now, it, no, it's not. It's really yeah. not that bad. When you first do it, you'll get 
what we mean that it feels a little bit whoa you're not used to this um but it's not as difficult as it sounds guys just putting it out there mm. so i definitely and though for those of you who do have your license i do have a drone um i, I do encourage you to go out there and do it, it, it it's really not that scary in saying that the mavics the dji mavics whole line so the mavic 2 pro um at mavic air mavic minis all those whatever they call them now none yeah. of them actually have addy mode like you can't physically put the drone into addy mode mm. i didn't even no, know no, that no no switches or anything you can there is a way you can hack it through their DJI Assistant app um, program on your computer, but there is no access to Addy mode anymore. Okay, so it might even be harder for people to actually try now, unless you want to, you know, hack your drone. I wonder, drone I, I wonder what drove them to do that. Safer, safer, I guess. Well, safer from a yeah. legislation point of view, but you know, if you can't legislation side anything. of view, but if you, if you if you're in a bit of a pickle, and, and one of those pickles that you know that Addy mode can save you a bit. Mm, yeah, it's interesting. That is very interesting. I, I quite, I quite often learn something new chatting with you guys, and there's, there's today's one. So, <laughs> one thing I was going to talk about with um, GPS is the fact that um, you need to have three satellites uh, minimum to have a lock uh, on position, right? So, and, mm. you know, you can fly technically with three satellites, but the risk is if one drops out, you then essentially all in it's going to switch. Mm -hmm. um, so it's that's probably why we're saying you want to have at absolute minimum is is probably about six to eight satellites. But again, depending on where, what type of interference comes up, you can suddenly have satellites fall off, and then yeah. you're you're exposed to them. Which is why we're saying just practice the adding modes. Hmm. You don't have to stress when you're actually in that mode. So I actually have a feeling if you've got your reoc, there is. Um a section in there that it does require us to operate with a minimum seven GPS locks before completing operations. Hmm. Don't want anyone I to test think, me on that one. I think. <laughs> so, say that again. You have to. I think from memory, I have to recheck the procedures and manuals, but I'm pretty certain that CASA outlined within those that you have to have a minimum of seven GPS locks um to be able to complete the operation which is normal like mm -hmm. i would probably i don't think from a dji perspective it goes from yellow to green unless you do have seven so and when you're flying within that um ready to go mode no not ready to go takeoff mode or something like that i can't remember what it exactly it is you can take off but it restricts you on altitude and things like that how far away the drone can fly until it gets that lock on with the GPS that this is if you are in GPS mode. So if you're in GPS mode, DJI will restrict you until their system is satisfied with the GPS lock to be able to go and fly. Yeah. So I think, that's, lock, I think it locks it to like 10, 10 or 30 meters or something, doesn't it? Yeah. I think it's 10 meters. A good little workaround is you switch, switch it into Addy mode and fly off then let it get you. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't do that. If you're not competent at it, please. Yeah. <laughs> And another thing, Things if you do do that, do. yeah, if you do do that, you have to keep in mind that if you're relying on the return to home function with DJI, that if you're flying off and you're halfway over a river and you've taken off an Addy and flicked to GPS, your home point might be in the smack bang in the middle of that river, where if you're running the battery to, to return to home automatically, it's going to be coming to the middle of that river um, or wherever it is. So just going to keep in mind what you, what you're doing. Um, 
RTK and all that sort of stuff. There's a, a whole bunch of other things that we can talk about too, but um, fun topic that one. <laughs> but I think today, I think we'll just focus around obviously the controlling and flying and things like that. But I think within that DJI ecosystem, we've got like, we go from our flight modes, GPS and things like that, but then they've also got their like shooting modes. Um, so I think it's like, oh, there's so many now, I can't remember them, but I know there's like tripod and waypoints and things like that, but they're all additional things. Like I, I occasionally use tripod mode, um, probably more than occasionally, um, depending on what we're mapping or um, modeling, but just gives that more steadiness and slow, slower movement instead of that radical, if you accidentally punch the, the stick too quickly, um, it's not going to react as quickly. So it's almost giving it more of a glide to its position like you would with a, um, a camera gimbal or something like that. So I don't know, any other, um, I guess, shooting modes that you guys sort of use? That's pretty much it for me, tripod mode no. or standard. Yeah. I mean, I, I've used the follow me mode a little bit, um, just particularly in cinematography style stuff. Hmm. Um, quite a few actually instances when I think about it. Um, I've used it in the snow following skiers and borders down a mountain, um, which is pretty fun. Um, but it struggles a little bit to hold on to them with all the white and reflection in the snow, just for yeah. those out there that want to test that theory. Yeah, so um, for that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be you fun. Will not, you will not lose that. <laughs> no, that would actually be really fun in the snow. Um, but then the other, other times I've used it has been, yeah, essentially doing car videos and, and things like that. And where you can, for, for those at home that have, have never seen the, I guess, um, the follow me mode, on DJI drones, you essentially, when you have your 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 picture on your screen um, of what you want to capture, whatever your object or person or vehicle, whatever it may be, in the middle. Once you go into your follow me mode, you'll literally press onto the screen and draw a little green square essentially around whatever it is that you want to capture. Now, once that's done, you can fly side to side all around it no matter what that camera will stay pointed at the target so I, I found it really really useful for cars and particularly slow moving vehicles not fast slow moving vehicles um where you can have them moving and have constant clean circle around these vehicles and, and, and sort of things like that um but they're probably the main two modes that i've ever used is yep. the follow me and the tripod mode mm. i've i've tried to use waypoint mode a few times and every time I use it, it never goes successfully yeah. for me. So I bailed on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they're the only ones that I really use. The, the, the hyperlapse ones are pretty good. Mm. That's something I've never actually used. Yeah. Go back two or three years ago. How hard was it to make a hyperlapse or time-lapse? Now yeah. it's just one button and you know, go. Yeah. Yep. Especially for, I don't know why sun, I spent ages teaching myself how to do it manually with a DSLR. Because literally about the same time that I finally worked out how to do it properly, all these apps started popping up and things in your yep. phone and everything else where I'm pressing one button. Oh, my God, I've turned it into a hyperlapse or a time lapse. I'm like, God damn it. Exact same thing. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I could do a hyperlapse. Now it's literally one button. So, okay, well, that's not fun anymore. Yeah. No. <laughs> Took no, all the skill out of it. Yep. It's really, really cool for sunrises and sunsets. Not that yeah. Danny needs it, but um, the rest mm -hmm. of the normal folk like us. Yeah. Need the assistance, that's for sure. 
<laughs> yeah. Set up, set up the camera, hit record. Fast forward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, um, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see what other people, I guess, if anyone's listening and um, use DJI, which I assume most people would, it would be interesting to know what you guys use maybe on a regular basis. So maybe just send a comment or send us a message. It'd be really interesting to know what you guys are using because everyone's different. Everyone has different use cases or they might use a different mode for something that we haven't thought of using it for before. So um, it's always good to hear what people, what, what everyone else is doing as well. Mm. Um, so what else we got, we've gone through operating. I mean, the controller modes, the flight modes, different types of shooting modes. Um, Does my drone do flips? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say with the modes, like the, the orbits and semi-orbit modes, a lot of that stuff is there. It's great when you're starting out, mm. but I think it also takes away um, you sort of practicing as well. Like like Ty said, he's, he's learned how to shoot a hyperlapse, but now you just put the drone in the air and go, oh, I'll just want a hyperlapse for two minutes. I'll just say mm. I've got 100 photos to shoot every two seconds and you don't really understand how that all works. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think you're better off, like we talked about the 80 stuff, then practice some of the, you know, how do you control a drone with two sticks to do a semi orbit, for example, yeah. mm -hmm. if you put it in a tripod mode, you probably, it's going to slow it down. You can fly. It's not going to be as perfect as the automated path, but it, at least you're going to get a much smoother and you understand how this thing works. Yeah. yeah. As I say, practice makes perfect. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's what yeah. There's, no, there's no cheating. It. The more you fly, the better you're going to get. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The more hours you have behind the sticks and getting used yeah. to that drone and everything like that, it's, it's only a positive thing to have in your back pocket as an experience. It's an age, age old thing. Practice makes perfect. Like we've all heard about it all throughout yeah. our lives from our parents, from our grandparents, yeah. from teachers, but it's well, true. You, and you, you still got to invest time learning those, mm -hmm. the, 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 those um, automated. Yeah. Unfortunately, the way DJI, like the, the way the industry is going, a lot of things are becoming automated now. Yeah. Like, as we say, the new Mavics and stuff don't even have Addy mode. Yeah. Here's GPS, here's cinem uh, cinematic mode, whatever. That's it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you yeah. go to the complete other spectrum, Danny, and you got like something like Scardio coming to the market that it's completely autonomous. Yeah. So, As I say, builds... when you fly the Skydio, you're, you're flying the autopilot that flies the drone. And yeah. it's freaking awesome yeah. to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I love all the automation side of things. So don't get me wrong. There's a lot of it that makes our lives easier. But I do always maintain, and I think this goes from everything from hyperlapses to, you know, flying and out of everything like that you should always know how to do something manually. It doesn't mean that you need to do everything manually. And I'm, I trust me, I'm not that person. Mm -hmm. um, but like I used to do it a lot with my photography stuff. Um, end of the day, especially now in the modern day and age, like, like Dan was saying, there's, there's an app for everything. You can do everything a photographer spent years learning how to do properly with a click mm -hmm. of a button these days. Um, but if you don't understand how that works, you always have to rely on that automation. So, you know, I used to think of it in photography side of things, particularly because you don't always have the same camera. And 
funnily enough, between DSLRs, they are really goddamn different. <laughs> um, and drones are no different. Um, yeah. Obviously, the DJI drones have a very similar setup, a very similar operating system, et cetera, but you still need to know how to do these things. Mm. You, you, you can't just, if, if everything fails and your automation disappears one day and you don't know how something works, if, if you did this for a job and all the automation's there, but you could do it manually if you knew how. Yeah. Mm. Look at all the you people all, driving Teslas and they just randomly lose control and go into something. It's like, yeah. it's not perfect yet. 100%. And why that, that's why in Australia we have that law. If you have an automated car, which I mean, there'd be very few, but the ones that do, you're not allowed to take your hands off the wheel. You can have it in automated mode. You can grab a Tesla, spend the two and a half grand on the software or whatever it is to put it on there and your car can drive itself. Wait, hold legally, on. So you buy the car, then you got to buy for software on top. Correct. So Tesla look, yeah, I, I, I hear you, but I tell you what, the stuff that you can add on, I, I don't obviously own a Tesla, but I know a few people that do. And I can tell you now, the stuff you can add on for the extra bells and whistles, the extra money, totally mm. worth every cent. Um, but the automation within Australia, you have to you have to sit at the front of your car, sit there in your driving seat, and you have to have your hand on the wheel. Mm. And look, you know, I've seen plenty of people not doing that, but the, it's the safety aspect. If you're driving along the highway, right now I legitimately have seen this, a guy driving along the highway, reading the morning paper on his drive to Brisbane from the coast in a Tesla. I drove past him and I'm like, <laughs> I, I actually slowed down so I could move back to actually see what he was doing. And he was reading the paper while he was driving. Now that's totally legal. But the thing is, he was relying on that automation. So if, mm. if something went wrong and the car veered off and he's not looking, mm. oh shit, I'm in a tree. Um, like you, you, again, same goes for, it's extreme analogy, but same goes for learning things manually. If, if you know how to do something, you're always safe. You can always do it. It may not be the easiest way of doing it, but you can always do it. So I really encourage people to learn it. A good mix of the automation versus you know human element. Using yeah. the Skydio's software, the 3D scan, that drone's, you know, you can have it moving at 10 meters a second to or five meters a second, 10 meters a second, whatever. And it's gone full throttle around whatever your asset may be that it's modeling. But yeah. your finger's always gonna be on that trigger, the odd chance that that computer system hasn't seen a person mm. walk. You know, it's happened to walk through your area of operations or something. Yeah. And, you know, it may be an autonomous drone, but it still needs that human element. Yeah. At least sure. for now it does. Yeah. At the moment, until we become. We've still got jobs for now, guys. Redundant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think also, like, even with the amazing technology that Skydio is bringing, I think also having the intuition on understanding of flying everything manually um, or, you know, you controlling it whether in GPS mode or whatever, it does give you full control over everything and the way you capture as well. So machines and everything are only as good as what they're kind of built to. Um, and there's always a human element that there's going to be required to sort of see something that the computer system doesn't see, um, areas of interest, or, you know, if you're doing a facade inspection or something and, mm. and you find something that is a little bit worse for where compared to everything else, you can actually stay and spend two minutes focusing on that area, getting really good shots. Whereas if you're automating it, it's just going to breeze past it. It's just going to collect probably one or two photos and then that's it. So you got to think about the other elements as well as, you know, understanding on how to control, like I think one of you guys said, controlling 
the drone and doing an orbit with the two stick movements to keep the same distance from that object while you're rotating around and you're using your pitch and yaw to be able to keep the camera there, then you have to think about, okay, am I going to have to change my camera angle? Am I going to get closer, further away? All those things um, are really, really good skill to hone in on when you're operating a drone, whether it's for video, for inspections, everything, that skill of operating multiple different movements at once is really, really important. And it's really difficult when you forget your strap for your controller yes. and you have to do that. You'd be surprised yeah. how much, much of a difference a land you'd make. Yeah. And it's how much of a difference I've forgotten. And you'd be surprised, strap. yeah, how many times I've forgotten my strap as well. And you get out for something where it's going to be sitting in your hands for a long period of time. And you don't um, think about it till you're about second battery in. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> we did a shoot at a um, raceway or Eastern Creek um, motorsport park, you know, oh, a couple of months ago. And that was a full day of, you know, that was 20, 30 sets of batteries on an Inspire. And I forgot my strap. That sucked. Mm. It was a long day. By the end of it, yeah. my, hands, my hands were just beating up pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Your biceps, like your arms, your shoulders, you, all, you just oh, crunch yeah. up and you're just trying to hold everything. Yep. Yeah. The less fatigue you have, the better your day is going to be, I think. So, yeah. I think another, like I heard this a little while ago from someone who's been in the industry for a really long time, but um, they used an analogy and it's and it's it's stuck with me for a while and still, I'm still use it every day and I sort of relate it to other people who are flying, but it, they what they said was slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And if you take that, application for everything that you do and you're not rushing things um your results at the end of the day are going to be really really good and you can take that sort of analogy to from setting up your pre-flight checks everything like that if you're going through your motions you've got a routine you've got the understanding on how to do things and you're not rushing you need to put the propellers on you forgot to take off the um lens guard turn the drone on the gimbal stuffed you know if you go through those motions and do it smoothly um you know it's uh, at the end of the day it, it will you know compound and um at the, you, you're finishing that process a lot faster than anyone else would without processes in place or taking their time and really doing it right the first time instead of maybe having to do it and go back and get more photos so yeah nice little one for you guys and the listeners maybe take it put it in your back pocket that's a good one <laughs> i think he sat on it yeah <laughs> give me one <laughs> uh, that's a good one would have what about, um, I guess, around gimbals and the gimbal settings um, and maybe even the camera settings as well when we're dealing with DJI? Um, I know some drones annoyingly don't have the numbers next to the degree of angle you have on your drone, which with certain applications with photogrammetry and modeling and things like that is an extremely frustrating thing to yeah, try and figure out. Four Pro. Yeah. Phantom 4 Pro, you piece of shit. Um, it's got really nice little dash. It's not going to help our DJI sponsorship. <laughs> but you can but spend those an dashes extra. Are, those dashes are ten s- degrees each, aren't they? Yeah. They are, yeah. but I don't. I don't do public math. But so just, um, just, I don't just count. a uh, just a tip, just tell me, Brendan. 
you, you can pay an extra four and a half grand and buy an R2K drone and you get that. Right. So, yeah, see, I'm a tired ass and <laughs> don't do that. Hey, Brendan knows, knows how to fly in Addy mode. He doesn't need R2K. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, no, I'm, I'm talking about the degrees. It tells you the degrees. Yeah. 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 yeah I think the Mavic 2. You can also shoot um, within a shutter interval. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A lot of improvements that can be made. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've sorted yeah. that out, mate. <laughs> but honestly, like when it comes to like, say, gimbal movements, everyone's different. Like uh, two jobs I had today, between each job, the gimbal movements were all different different settings and whatnot. Just because mm. you move to what works best for you or what's best for the environment. You know, yep. if you're chasing cars, crank all the settings to, you know, lowest or highest, whatever it is, max them out. Mm-hmm. If you're doing cinematography flying through a house you want that slow and steady yeah but there's no real right or wrong answer it's just depending on whatever you're shooting change it to those to those conditions yeah yeah i think um with gimbal movement as well when you sort of going from there and then if you're doing videography for example it is it's not the best thing when you watch a drone video and there is radical Mm -hmm. movement it is probably the most cringy thing that everyone watches. Everyone goes through it. You have to learn. But my mate sent me a video this morning of um, some rogue pilot in Sydney Harbour. Could have been an amazing video, beautiful sunrise, but there was jerky movements everywhere, left, right, and center. It wasn't stable. Just make it smooth and cinematic. No one wants, if you, if you want jerky movements, go FPV. Mm. You know, cut sick on one of those. But yeah. you want it to be smooth and cinematic. Like that's what DJI, you know, the camera drones. Yeah. That's right. My mind instantly expects smooth footage if I know it's not an FPV video. Mm. Um, And I think that's a really important thing for people out there is that for ongoing work and ongoing productions or whatever you want people to hire you, they're only going to base their decision off your past work. Mm -hmm. Um, And if it's average gimbal movement, average drone flying, there is a big big difference between you and someone else in the market that's taking the time to learn how to go up high pan down you know your and all that sort of stuff to get that movement while you're on a target or a house or whatever it is Um, there's a big difference with a a nice smooth shot that just lasts for five seconds Mm -hmm. and you know it's it's quite interesting when you're out there and you pick a target and you go okay i'm going to do a quite interesting maneuver around this it needs to be smooth there needs to be pitch and yaw and the gimbal is going to be moving at the same time and holding that shot for five seconds as it's moving around that object it's actually quite difficult without it sort of your brain sort of phasing out and you're kind of like overthinking things and you're like oh it doesn't look that good and it takes, takes a couple of goes think of it like a pizza less is more you don't want to have 30 ingredients on a pizza it's a good, good chef chef one. Oh, there you go. Daddy's Ooh, recipes. Are we, exactly. are we cutting into recipe, that segment already? Recipe fixes success. Less is more. I mean, seriously, like when you hit, hit record before you make the movement, give them a one second buffer on each end of the, you know, the clip mm. and keep it just smooth. If, you, if someone, if, you know, if you're mid shot and you sneeze, start the shot again. Because that little tiny jerk of movement, it's rubbish footage. Yeah, no yeah. offense to anyone. You know, by all means, everyone starts somewhere, but you want smooth movements. As soon as there's that yeah, little jerky yeah. twitch or something, it's done 
Yeah. Restart it. Hit delete. And, and there's a lot that you get, there's a lot you can fix in post and there's a lot you can't fix in post too. And unfortunately, there is a limitation to bad about a bad piloting in the sense of particularly obviously the capture, not so much mm. the flying itself. Um, there is a lot in capture that if you do it really wrong, there is no fixing that. Yeah. <laughs> so a hundred percent what Danny's saying, you go do something, you make a mistake or you you move a little bit or defer a little bit, go back and do it again. Yeah. Uh, it, takes I, you, I, it takes you five seconds oh man like i cinematography stuff and like it, I, I don't care if i got it right the first time mm. end of the mm. day if, if, if even if i got it right the first time i'm still going to go back and do it probably three four more times yeah. just in case because yeah. you honestly never goddamn know you're mm -hmm. better off ha having more you yeah. Know? yeah there's nothing wrong with capturing more exactly yeah. in the end it's data like you can hit delete if yeah. you're not going to use it and it's gone Exactly. Yeah, you know, I'm sure yeah. all of us have ter you know terabytes of data sitting around, or just massive NAS drives full of useless stuff. I've, I don't delete my photos. Mm. I, mean, I go out for a morning, I might take a hundred photos. I'm going to post one on Instagram <laughs> or whatever. Mm. Like, there's always there's always something there, but it's still data yeah. in the end. You can delete it if you need. Yeah. But just get that shot. Mate, yeah. I'm talking to a photographer. I've got a massive drive here, just full of <laughs> yeah, so <you> much data. <laughs> there is there is. But like, yeah, you, you will have a lot of data when yep. you're capturing stuff. You, it's yep. you're always better to have more than less. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I think um, when I started out and as you learn the, the process of actually acquiring the information that you get, whether it's a photo, a video, whether you're doing it for photogrammetry or 3D modeling, mapping, whatever it is, the most important part of what we do is the capture process. Oh, if, you, if you stuff that up, everything after is useless. Your whole day is ruined. <laughs> exactly. So if you can whatever your area of expertise or your niche is, if you collect the information in a specific way and consistently, you're going to have really good results all the time. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you put your a lot of time and effort in learning how to operate the drone that you have and then honing in those skills around the, the niche or the topic or area that you're trying to get into or you're, you are in. So everyone's a bit different. There's overlaps between everything, um, but it really comes down to understanding how to operate the drone in a really good way that whatever you're collecting, it's going to be good. And it's not going to take you a hundred goes. It might only take you five to 10. Um, but every time you're out there, the more you practice, the quicker you get, the better you get um, and the more profit you make. <laughs> As I say, practice makes perfect. That's it. 100%. Whether it be, you know, the real estate or photogrammetry, whatever. 100%. Practice. Yep. And we're pretty sure 100%. we say it in nearly every episode of Drones Down Under podcast. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's right. As I said, and even if you get it right the first time, do it again, then do it again, then do it again, then do it again. It, it yep. doesn't matter how many times you grab it. I mean, I've had some, uh, one I can particularly think of a real estate job I did out in North Brisbane, um, in a very picturesque location out near Sanford. Um, and the whole point was getting this, this nice flyover, very, very picturesque, you know, 
straight down over the top of some trees and lifting up and then coming up over the property over and into the sunrise under this dam is beautiful shot as long as I got it obviously um now I I have one of those moments where you didn't well, no matter which way you did it you were not getting it right and mm. I would say I probably took about 25 passes at it to get it and the one that I finally did, I was jumping up and down like a school kid because yes. I was pretty stoked at the end result. But my point being is that like it doesn't matter how good you think you are, do it again. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the chances are you are going to find something in it. And the more you have, the better you have, the better yep. your situation you're in with the data you have. For sure. Because you got to think about like, you know, most of the time we're all standing, looking at an iPad mini or a crystal sky monitor or something and then you take it back and you're looking at it on your full high-res screen and you're like ah oh, that looked way better when <laughs> i was filming it out in the field and then you get back and you're like jesus christ like that's pretty horrendous <laughs> so yeah no it's yeah. a good point i i try and try and take whenever obviously if we're working we'll have our laptop but you want to look at it too, but obviously if yeah. you're on holiday or something, you're not going to be carrying your laptop to check mm. everything. But yeah, I do. For sure. <laughs> Cause you're an influencer no. though, Danny. So uh, normal people, Danny, normal, normal people. people. <laughs> I go on a holiday. If I'm going for breakfast, I'm taking my camera with me. <laughs> it might be yeah, a nice sunrise. <laughs> yeah. But I think um, as well, if, depending on what industry you're going in, like I said before, there's there's overlaps between video skills um, for inspection skills. So some requirements for inspections are video inspections. Mm -hmm. um, so if you don't know how to film something it's nice and smooth, then you're going to hand over something that's rough, really quick camera movement angles and everything like that. The people that you're going to give it to are just going to be like, what? what is this? What, what am I looking at? There's too much distractions. There's too many quick movements. It's more like if you're doing a, say a gutter inspection, which is very unlikely you're going to film, but um, being able to fly along that gutter, keeping the same line the whole time, um, same altitude uh, and, and keeping everything in focus as well. Mm -hmm compared to when you're flying someone else flying has never done it before it's going left right up and down it's sort of moving all over the shop got to understand that you know the air the air coming down from the drones propellers hitting the roof is going to be different to the air that is missing the roof and you're going to have some movement so you have to understand all those bits and pieces around how the drone's going to react in certain situations to be able to counteract it or whatever it might be it's like when you try flying indoors, it's very different. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, yeah. lot of, a lot more dirty air in there. Absolutely. Have you, Danny, had any um, experiences in the past that you kind of have taken your, I guess, maybe video skills or one of the skill sets and transposed it over to something else within um, the industry? Kind of good example where you talk about gutters, actually, I think might kind of work. So we had to do a gutter inspection. Funny enough, was video, which we, yeah. tried to, we tried to push a model, but you know they wanted video. Yeah. It was 200 meter long warehouse by 50 meters. That was yep. one very long video and trying to fly that as a perfectly straight line was so much harder than I thought it was going to be. Mm. Like 200 meters up, 50 meters across, 200 meters down, whatever <laughs> yep. around, but keep that same height, same focal point the whole the whole time. Yep. And if I, you know, if I don't fly that often, or I just thought of it as my first job 
there's no way I would have been able to do that. And it did. Mm. It took me probably two to three attempts to actually get it to what yeah. I was happy with. And yes, yeah. it was a long hours video. Yeah. And, and yeah. you can't move too quickly because obviously the quicker you move, you, you're not really because it's going to be blurry and it's no point for inspection anyway. Right? Exactly. So, like yeah, that's exactly point, right. Yeah. We yeah. think about just hold that angle for so long. Like you think about it, your thumbs are holding very slow. Yeah. You know, in one twitch and, you know, the footage, I'll admit it wasn't 100% perfect, but it, they got exactly what they wanted out of it all. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's another. Perfect. Yeah. That's yeah. why I ran the house. Perfect. If you live in a block of units, go fly around the top of the units and give it to your strata yeah. manager. Yeah. And then send them an invoice. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best way. Exactly. Get straight into the drone industry. And with, all the, with, all the, with all the storms that are hitting the East Coast right now, especially like Queensland, roof inspections, best mm-hmm. thing right now. Yeah. You know, you chuck your drone mm-hmm. up, the storm that hits uh, in Southwest Sydney a week or so ago. You know, my brother in law put his drone up and, you know, he managed to see all the damage done to all the roofs around the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the community loves him. Yeah. yeah. I don't know actually what the results were, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what else? Is there anything else we wanted to cover um, in this sort of topic around drone operations, flying, and uh, really just, I guess, honing in on the skills? Or is there anything I've missed that was we needed to cover? I don't think we talked about saying no, practice makes perfect. <laughs> did we cover that? <laughs> we I don't know. That? I don't think we did. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's all I can leave it on. Yeah, I think that. I think it's, it's, it's advice we've all had that is still very, very, very worth it. Practice yeah. makes perfect. You know, you could have two, three hundred, six hundred hours on your logbook, still practice. Mm. Now, I know pilots that have gone, say, a month without flying their drones, and you know, as soon as they pick up the sticks for the first time, they can't yeah. fly straight. It's like yeah. getting on a bike for the first time in 20 years. Mm-hmm. I hurt a lot when I did that. Yeah. <laughs> so for practice, what I mean, we've all experienced it. What's the best, um, you know, is it a figure eight? Is it a, um, a you know, four cones, safety tie? Safety tie's yeah. got plenty of cones. They <laughs> bloody beautiful what was that Brendan? what was that bloody, bloody beautiful cones <laughs> we have God. to reshare that on the uh, social media pages the t-shirts are uh, yeah i was about to guys. say if so if someone has anything to do with it it's going on a t-shirt so <laughs> that's gonna be well, good well, well, i don't well, know Brendan's, Brendan's our social media manager i think he should um he should talk to explain to everyone on social media what we're actually what we're talking about with these bloody beautiful cones yeah so actually i don't think we've posted it on our um on our page but i guess with sean and ty working together um at air inspect oh, sure you can dig through our social media yeah absolutely it. so I'm but i'm pretty oh, look, sure it's still there i think yeah, i know yeah, someone I that it. will happily happily hand it over to me so i don't I'm think i need to go sure searching <laughs> I'm, I'm just i'm just working through do we go with the i only fly atty that could be massive <laughs> it could be massive <laughs> no i think um, i think both of them are a good idea safety ties definitely going to be the most popular one but yeah who wouldn't love safety tie just you know on every bit of clothing <laughs> Um, (laughs) i just want to think you know when you it's easy to get you know we talk about practice makes perfect and all that but some of the ones that 
I sort of do is the figure eights, obviously, in, in Addy. Uh, then you obviously fly the, the cones uh, in a rectangular or square, whatever it is, in a, in a park. Um, the light po posts are really good as well, just orbiting a light post to, to practice the two uh, control sticks. Anything even, else that you guys... even even doing what what you get what you, what you have to do in your RPL the the agile thing where you pick up you fly around in a circle and you fly like a plane and you fly in and you fly down you come low and then you fly back up and you fly back around in a circle and just any of those basic movements they they might sound really boring for some of the listeners and stuff out there but all those basic movements come into play more a lot more often than you think and yeah those basic movements having that down pat will will you'll be an expert pilot in no time just keep practicing most of those movements you do in your ipl like that swoop kind of shot mm. we, funny enough we call it swoop and go so you've come in you've like mm. say for real estate you've flown in then taken off to look at the view like mm. all these skills can be put to you know put to use in the industrial and commercial markets yeah i think I think as well, when you are doing those basic movements, once you've got the control under control, I mean, the drone under control, and you're actually maneuvering the drone properly, throw in a gimbal change. Mm. You know, mm. if you're coming in and doing a touch and go, come down, pitch the gimbal downwards to the ground. As you're going back up, you want to raise the gimbal back up, camera looking mm. upwards. And then as you're turning, you're doing the same thing. So it's not just about the basic movements it's also adding in other elements to that basic movement so that when you are out in the field you're completing the basic movement but you can also control the gimbal or whatever else it might be um pitching in your um, yeah 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 exactly right because we all know the shot we all know that really nice coming in low get to the house or whatever it is and then you're coming up and you're going over the beach and there's a, a beautiful sunset but when you break down the elements of that video there's a camera movement there's a pitch there's a yaw there's um, um deceleration acceleration going up and down like there is so much going on in those okay. footage that the operator is probably like you said you do it like 50 times to get mm -hmm. the right one and we only see the right one we don't see yeah. all the stuff ups you know, so, the gigabytes of footage sitting behind it that no one's actually going to show. Yeah, that's why that's I literally never, ever, and I mean never, will ever, ever believe a pilot that tells you they've never crashed. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm sorry. Nah, I don't believe you, Danny. I guarantee you. A couple of times. They're mighty words. But that's crashing a drone. That was that was the first time I ever flew the thing. I squashed it. You still crashed it. You still crashed it. This is this is the thing. Like everyone says, oh, I, I hear so many pilots say, oh, I've never crashed. Bull wallop. Like I'm telling you. <laughs> like well, it was, I was trying to not another to one for the t-shirt. <laughs> bull, bull wallop. Safety <laughs> dies. Slow down. Um, no, but it, but so it's content. true though. Like everyone, everyone has crashed. Like okay. it's, it's, it, it, we will all have that experience at some point. Um, but the way to avoid it is just keep going back, keep doing that practice, keep doing more of it. I'd rather and yet, practice with a cheap, shitty drone than use an expense. Like yet again, as we keep saying it, yeah. these little drones yeah. are the best yeah. things to crash. Yeah. yeah, these little buggers, exactly. these little things. I'm telling you right now, if you can fly this smoothly around a house. Um, you'll be right because <laughs> exactly. these are not easy to fly. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, and they're very also very different as well to what a DJI is. So oh, if you're 100%. if you're honing in your skill and something like that, or even oh no. He's gone. Gone. Oh dear. Yeah. Sorry, listeners. No, we'll keep going. It's just a quick okay. battery change. No, just just change. We'll just edit. We talk about we'll that a little bit. How much yeah. content have we got now for the um for merchandise? <laughs> we got well, we got to talk about that. I think maybe we've we. Got, I think we more. almost finished. Yeah, we should. We we should get together. Yeah, we'll wrap up. Yeah, we'll wrap up. I've got. I'll get my hard hat ready. Right. I do want to. While we're all together, because it might be a while otherwise. But when we get back together, mm. are we back? Cool. Yeah. Oh, that was really quick. In and out. Yeah. Don't look around. Get in, get out. No one gets hurt. Yeah. You lock Fast food. <laughs> Fast food, just in and out, nice, right. quick. Um, I was going to say, um, when when I haven't flown the three hundred or haven't practiced enough hours, and you go into the the larger drone, all of your flaws or lack of practices are accentuated for sure. Yeah. So it takes a, you know a yeah. few minutes to go. Ah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. A bit of yeah. Um, yeah. The bigger it is, the 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 more obvious how how long it's been since you've flown, or your yeah. lack of hours that you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like there's, a, you... there's a reason I only fly up to nine kilos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sean doesn't give you the big fun drones. he's look. He's actually said he will happily send me one, but I just need to go upgrade my license, and mm. I haven't had a need for it yet. So. I hear you have a great uh, company up there that can help you with that. Sean's favorite. <laughs> uh, oh. we, uh, Liv lost me. To get oh. the training done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Let's move on, fellas. It is time, safety tie and dummy of the week. You can't see the damn thing. You can't see it. Blended into the background. You lost your head. Where's your hair going? Safety tie. You're being safe. People white room. All right. This week for dummy of the week, it's um, it's it's probably a little bit more of a funny one than anything else. Uh, let's have a look. So for the listeners at home. <laughs> Got a lady teeing off on the green, a drone being a bit of a pest. Oh, and then she walks up and oh, takes her two wood or three wood straight to the drone. <laughs> that was an expensive tee off. So again. <laughs> we'll watch that one again. It's only 11 seconds and it's worth the watch. So, no. Oh. I mean, speaking from someone who's played the odd bit of golf, I really would be about as happy as she was with the drone sitting <laughs> behind me while I was teeing off. Now, yeah. moral of the story here, like I'm going to assume by the actions taken here that this lady had absolutely nothing to do with the drone. Mm-hmm. And I would say it was somebody with a new Christmas toy trying to be a bit of a pest. Um, yeah. And learnt the hard way. Why not to be a pest to be with the drone? Well, well, she, um, she she might have left it hovering while she thought she'll have a good tee off, and uh, it probably didn't work as well as she thought. That is also potentially what could have happened. <laughs> <laughs> you never really know for sure the joys the joys of videos on the internet. But anything you guys have got to say about that one? Drones and golf <laughs> don't mix. Don't mix. I've, I've seen some good FPV footage of either chased golf balls and that. That's mm. awesome. That is but sick. Really? Yeah. Google that. Uh, YouTube that. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely YouTubing that after. 
Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, the, it, guys from, the guys from Rotor Ride have done a few times chasing like bow and arrows. Like you see how many it takes they've had to do to chase an arrow mm. through the air. And it's unbelievable. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's some really skilled pilots out there. Yeah. Hey, practice makes perfect. That's how they do it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we, we've all seen that F- FPV video of the guys from the bowling alley, I'm sure. Mm. Yep. The whole world. Yeah. Yeah. That. And so we all got tagged in a thousand times when it came out. Yeah. Oh, look, but you know, as much as we've all seen it a thousand times, mm-hmm. that's incredible. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, and there was a car worth, one worth after, going, right? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen I the car one. Car one's cool. Yeah. I forget which Adley was. Yeah, I think you know when a video from the drone space has gone viral when people outside the drone industry send you the drone video. Yep, 100%. (laughs) So I'm sure like many of you, I get I get the tags in in drone stuff all the time. Yeah. Sometimes they're great, sometimes not so much. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, I saw this three years ago. Yeah. (laughs) It just actually happens a lot. It does. Like surely surely we've all seen the bottom of the chair that it's like, oh, my drone won't work. It's like, yeah, it's a it's a base of a chair, you know, a wheelie chair. Yeah. 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 Cool. Ha <laughs> 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 ha. LOL. Yeah. yeah. But with that video tire, I don't know. I, again, like, I think you're right. I think they're doing being a pest and whatever, but why are like golf is one of those games that is frustrating as it is. And then you <laughs> want to become around and be a pest and sit behind them teeing well, off. Like, especially, especially on the tee. Like it's the one place that everyone requires just a fraction of silence for mm-hmm. two, three seconds, just so I can get my brain enough to yeah. smash a ball down the fairway. Happy Gilmore, run and swing. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. But I'm telling you right now, if, Gil- if Gilmore was running up for a swing, he would have been really annoyed by that drone as well. Actually, yeah. yeah. So, but can we all just appreciate like her that first swing on hitting the ball was pretty meh. But yeah. taking out the drone was a fucking great swing. Oh, great <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah. Dedication yeah. in the face when he said this is a <laughs> yeah. I, I'm surprised she didn't go back for a second couple, a second strike or a third once in mm. the ground. She looked like she was pretty peeved off. But yeah. that is also for the listeners out there why you don't pester people with drones. Not yeah. only was it completely illegal what they were doing, because they were definitely not within outside 30 meters from mm. the subject, being the lady with teeing off. Um, but it, it's completely unsafe. And on top of that, you will likely lose a drone. It's yeah. it's 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 quite common. I'm sure if a lot of you jump on YouTube and have a look around, there is plenty of people that learn the hard way that people don't like being annoyed with drones. Mm. Not so much in Australia, but I've definitely seen the US where people have shot them out of the sky. Yeah. Um, mm. I, plenty of videos in Australia of people throwing things at drones. Yep. Um, I've seen seen actually I've actually seen in the flesh a um, someone trying to fly over a music festival with a drone that wasn't anything to do with the music festival um, mm. and people didn't like it that were in the crowd and it became a target for anything and everything that a crowd of probably 2,000 people could find to throw at it. Mm. Never hit it. i tell you what, though, the footage would have looked pretty goddamn cool. <laughs> yeah. But, again, completely illegal. Um, yeah. so this is- at the end of the day, these, tool- these tools aren't designed to be peeping toms they aren't designed to be a pest yes they are doing. fun but this is what there's, there's a bad name like in the yeah end. exactly like i mean this is why people have the view that they do of drones from people misusing them and, and doing things they're not supposed to be doing so for those of you out there take this as a lesson 
definitely don't fly a drone near next next to someone playing a game of golf because mm-hmm. that's what will happen. Because I'm yep. telling you right now, if someone flew one next to me while I was teeing off, I would probably do the same thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Well, maybe we can wrap it up there and a, a bit of a shorter episode for everybody and a little bit pretty informative as well, I think. I think we broke it down pretty well. Um, but uh, yeah, I think everyone stay tuned. We've had some pretty good um, interview podcasts over the last couple of days that we've um, we've got in the bank ready to go. So definitely stay tuned because we have some really really cool people coming on and telling their stories. So um, yeah, stay tuned. And if you've got any topics or areas that you guys want us to cover or talk about, um, send us a message or leave a comment on our YouTube or Instagram posts, whatever it might be, and um, we'll go from there. Happy days. Awesome. All right, guys. We'll speak to you soon. Have a good day. See you later.